but I'm just a rock chick. I would describe my music and my sound as Avril The best damn thing. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast, a facts and trivia-based podcast about Canadian pop singer Avril Lavigne. I'm your host, Andrea DeFrancesco. In this edition of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast, we're going to talk all about the long-awaited deluxe edition of Avril's seventh studio album, Love Socks. As always, we'll start with some facts and trivia about the new tracks before moving into my personal thoughts and overall reaction. But first, let's catch up on what's happened with Avril over the last few weeks. On November 8th, a new song title was registered on Avril's ASCAP called Eyes Wide Shut, written by Avril, Travis Barker, Trevor Christensen, Nick Miller, Liza Owen, Kevin Thrasher, and Ali Tamposi. It is unknown if it's a track from the Love Sucks sessions or for her new album. The same day, Avril posted some behind-the-scenes of the filming of the video for I'm a Mess on her Instagram stories, revealing that John Feldman was on set. On November 11th, Avril released a new line of holiday merch, including a skater boy hoodie, cropped Love Sucks hoodie, Christmas tree ornament, stocking, fingerless gloves, and a beanie. On November 13th, Avril posted some Instagram stories of gifts she had received from fans in Japan, including several Hello Kitty toys, custom drawings, and a replica of the t-shirt from the Skater Boy music video. The same day, it was also announced that Avril had lost the MTV Europe Music Award for Best Canadian Act to Johnny Orlando. On November 14th, a pre-order listing for a clear disc version of the Love Sucks Deluxe vinyl appeared on Avril's website. However, the listing was later changed to simply be for the standard version of the album and the Deluxe label was removed. She also revealed in an Instagram comment that she and Youngblood would be performing I'm a Mess on live TV once she returned from Japan. On November 15th, nominations for the 2023 Grammys were announced. Though Avril submitted Love Sucks in the category for Best Rock Album, she did not secure a nomination. The same day, an article was published by Elle in which Avril discussed how they shot the cover art for Let Go. She explained the sweater was a gift from Lauren Christie and that everything she wore was from her suitcase. They originally planned to shoot the cover indoors, but Avril had the idea to shoot outside in the street. The same day, she posted the pre-order and pre-save links for Love Sucks Deluxe and revealed the new cover artwork. The album artwork is the same as the original edition, but with a dark gray background, orange balloons, and orange font. The following day, the tracklist was revealed on her website. The deluxe edition includes all 12 songs from the standard edition, as well as I'm a Mess featuring Youngblood and two previously unreleased songs, Mercury in Retrograde and Pity Party. It also includes acoustic versions of Bite Me, Boy's Lie featuring Machine Gun Kelly, and Love It When You Hate Me featuring Black Bear. Contrary to what Avril had said prior to its release, there is no acoustic version of Love Socks. The deluxe edition of the album has a total running time of 49 minutes. The tracklist as written on her website contains two errors. Love Sucks is written as S-U-C-K-S instead of S-U-X, and Kiss Me Like the World is Ending is simply written as Kiss Me. On November 18th, one week prior to the album release, Avril dropped an Instagram reel featuring previews of the new songs. On November 21st, the Love Sucks outtake, Too Fast to Live, leaked in full and was later removed from YouTube and SoundCloud. A snippet had originally leaked on July 13th. On November 21st, Avril uploaded a making of the song for I'm a Mess, which featured footage of the writing and recording session with Youngblood. On November 23rd, it was announced that Avril and Youngblood would be performing I'm a Mess live on the Late Wait Show with James Corden on November 30th. The same day, Killstar announced a giveaway for a Love Sucks-inspired motorcycle jacket. On November 24th, the demo version of Mercury in Retrograde leaked, along with the full version of Teenage Nightmare. On November 25th, Avril released the deluxe edition of Love Sucks. The same day, new merch items were released, including a cropped hoodie, black and white sweatpants, a crossbody bag, and sandals. Additionally, her website launched a 12 Days of Avril holiday sale with different deals each day, including a day to win a signed skateboard deck. 
On November 30th, Avril uploaded a new TikTok performing I'm a Mess on the piano on the set of the music video. On the same day, she and Youngblood performed the song live with Travis Barker on the Late Late Show with James Corden. And on December 1st, MTV posted an interview with Avril called 22 Questions for 2022. Now here's some facts about the three new tracks on Love Sucks Deluxe. I'm a Mess featuring Youngblood, written by Avril Lavigne, Dominic Youngblood Harrison, Travis Barker, and John Feldman, produced by Travis Barker and John Feldman. The song was released as the lead single from the deluxe edition of Love Sucks on November 3rd, 2022. Avril said she initially began writing the song on the piano, which is why she plays the piano in the music video. The song was written and recorded in March 2021, after Avril appeared on The Youngblood Show and sang I'm With You with him. They initially didn't know if the song would be used for Avril or Youngblood. The music video was shot in Los Angeles and London and was directed by P. Tracy. Fans have noted comparisons to Avril's 2002 single I'm With You and her 2004 music video Nobody's Home. She first performed the song live as a solo rendition for the Japan dates of the Love Sucks tour and later performed it live with Youngblood and Travis Barker on The Late Late Show with James Corden on November 30th. The song is about missing somebody you can't be with and was inspired by Avril's and Youngblood's careers being touring musicians. Mercury in Retrograde, written by Avril Lavigne, producers are unknown. A brief clip of the song first leaked on July 13th and was simply titled Retrograde. The demo version leaked one day prior to the release of the official version, which included a longer outro. The song has an astrology theme and discusses how Avril's mood changes when the universe becomes misaligned. Pity Party, written by Avril Lavigne, Modson, and John Feldman. Producers are unknown. It is the closing track of Love Sucks Deluxe and was one of the titles written on the chalkboard in John Feldman's studio in late 2020. Fans noted a resemblance to the Love Sucks outtake Hallelujah, which could explain why Hallelujah was scrapped. It also carries the same melody in the pre-chorus from Bite Me and features similar lyrics to Love Sucks. The song is about how Avril will react if her ex tries to make her feel sorry for him. So getting into my thoughts about the deluxe album and each song, Starting with I'm a Mess, I actually shared my thoughts about I'm a Mess in a previous episode. If you want to go and have a listen to that, I get much more in-depth about it there. But basically, just to recap, I'm a Mess, I think, is my favorite of the three brand new songs. I think it just is such a classic Avril ballad. And I think that her and Youngblood's voices go really well together. And I definitely think it's just one of her best songs in a while. And then the other two songs, Mercury and Retrograde and Pity Party, um, these two took a little bit to grow on me. They weren't really absolute favorites of mine at the first listen. And I know that that was kind of the case with a lot of people where it kind of took a few listens for them to grow on them. I think it's just because we know the other songs that ended up leaking. So we kind of have all these songs and we're kind of comparing them, even though obviously we weren't really supposed to have heard the other songs. And so I think most people's natural inclination was to compare them and I just think in my personal opinion, a lot of the ones that we heard that were leaked were stronger than the two tracks that ended up making it. But at the same time, we don't really know what the reason is, what the logic was behind the decision to put these songs on the deluxe. A lot of people think it could be because those songs leaked that Avril didn't want to include those, or maybe she couldn't for legal reasons or something, who knows. And so I do appreciate that at least she did put completely unheard songs on the deluxe instead of the ones that we had already heard and maybe that is the reason why she did but I think that both of these songs are not really the strongest material that we've heard I think that they're kind of just okay and to me my main issue with them is that they're just too short and I think that that was a common sentiment by a lot of the fans that the songs just felt like they were too short they didn't have enough time to really like bake Mercury and Retrograde is barely over two minutes long and I think it's a really interesting concept for a song especially because she doesn't really talk about like astrology in her songs very often and we know that she's quite into astrology like she has a tattoo of like the Libra symbols on her arm and she always talks about being a Libra and stuff so we know that 
though she's very into the concept of astrology and I think it's really interesting that she decided to include that in a song and I think it's even more impressive that she wrote it by herself. So I think that she has a really interesting concept going with it and it is pretty catchy like the la 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 thing that's that's so typical Avril to include those la la la's as a hook and it's a really catchy song but I feel like when she kind of gets to the end of the song and it kind of goes back to the beginning verse I feel like it's just missing another chorus at the end. I feel like if there was just another chorus to close it out I feel like it would have been perfect but it just felt like it cut off too soon for me and I guess I kind of get why she might have done that because going back to the very beginning of the song where it's like I shouldn't get out of bed today I should just let it go kind of thing it's almost like as if the whole thing never happened so it could have just been like an artistic choice a writing choice that is the reason why she did that to kind of tell the story to have it kind of go back full circle go back to its beginning kind of thing as if the whole thing never happened or something but I feel like musically it just is too short and it really needed another chorus in my opinion and then the other track is Pity Party this one I really didn't honestly care for it that much at first like this was the one I was the most excited for when I heard the previews of it that she posted. This was the one I was really intrigued by. And then it was the one that I kind of ended up being the most disappointed by, if that makes sense. I think the more that I've listened to it, the more it's grown on me. But I think this one was kind of a hard one for a lot of people to get used to at first, that kind of the more they listen to it, the more that it grew on them. But this one definitely is very like Riot Girl very like pop punk and a lot of people kind of compare it to break of a heartache maybe because they're both kind of the closing tracks of you know each edition of the album and so a lot of people feel like maybe this is more the true closer of the album especially because she says i do think it's kind of clever the lyrics where she says things like i hate all these songs that i write about you and people said that maybe that's referring to the entire album since this is the closing track it's referring to all the songs on the album that she wrote and you won't be the last one I'm going to try it with someone new, like referring to the fact that she's now in a new relationship. So I do think the lyrics are kind of clever in that way. And I had pointed out on Avril Band-Aids when we were talking about this, I pointed out that I think it now gives clarity to the reason why she's holding balloons on the album cover because we never got an explanation on that, why she was holding balloons. She never said what that was supposed to symbolize. And so maybe it's because there's this song called Pity Party. And she's like, if you try to invite me, I won't be attending that kind of thing. So I kind of wonder if maybe that's meant to be the connection there. So I do think it gives context to that, which is interesting. And yeah, this song too is under two minutes long. Believe it or not, it's not actually the shortest song on the album, Break of a Heartache, I believe is still the shortest song. But I feel like, again, this song just doesn't feel complete to me. Like there's no bridge. I feel like it would have been, it just would have elevated the song a little bit more if there was some kind of bridge to it. That's kind of my issue with it. And I do think, yeah, like it kind of took some concepts from other songs, like the bye thing that she does at the end that was taken from Hallelujah, which, as I said, maybe that was the reason that they scrapped Hallelujah, because it was kind of similar in that way. I did notice, too, like one of the things that really bothered me at first was how the pre-chorus of this song is very similar to the pre-chorus melody of Bite Me. And she even says, like, you lost your innocence, don't act so innocent. Like, the lyrics are very similar. The melody is basically the same. So at first I was like, that's not very imaginative that she kind of, like, ripped off her own melody. But then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, maybe she actually did that on purpose to kind of tie the songs together in a way. So I feel like maybe there is just more to this song than, like, meets the eye kind of you know, because a lot of people were kind of like, why was this even included? And I do think it kind of helps complete the story now, if that makes sense, where this is almost like the true closer of the album. And then because it kind of does tie back into Bite Me, and then she's saying like, 
I hate all these songs that I write about you and it's the last song on the album. I feel like it does kind of bring it all full circle and kind of does, you know, tie a nice little bow on it. And like I said, brings clarity to the reason why she's holding balloons on the album cover. So I feel like maybe Pity Party. I mean, I don't know if it was one of the earliest songs maybe that she wrote and she kind of wanted to save it for this reason. But I feel like there was a very deliberate reason that Pity Party was included. And I I feel like it kind of helps complete the album if that makes sense even if it's maybe not necessarily my favorite track I think that there was a very deliberate reason that it was included and then the other completely new song that we got or completely new version I guess I should say is love it when you hate me acoustic so one thing I will say about the acoustics on this album is that I definitely think that they are some of her best acoustics in a while because anytime in the past when she's included acoustics on some of her albums like goodbye lullaby and the self-titled mainly they basically just replaced the instrumental track with an acoustic track but the vocal takes were exactly the same and it just never sounded like very authentic I think a lot of fans never were fans of those kinds of acoustic tracks and so I appreciate that on this album if she was going to include acoustics that she went to the effort of actually re-recording them and making them kind of almost completely different like bite me as we know is almost like a completely new song the way that it's just a completely different take on it boys lie isn't too different but it's you know it's okay And Love It When You Hate Me Acoustic, this was the one that I was actually least looking forward to because I think the song itself is just like, it's okay. It's not like one of my favorites really. And so I was like, oh, an acoustic version, like how different is that really going to sound? But I was pleasantly surprised at how much I liked it. And I actually think I like it more than the original version. And I think that was a really common opinion as well is that a lot of people actually, I think, like this version more than the original. And I think it's just Avril's vocal performance on it is really good. A lot of people kind of said she almost sounded like Alanis Morissette or something on it. And I just think it's a really good display of her vocals. And I like the acoustic arrangement a lot. And yeah, it's funny how it was like the one I was least looking forward to and the one I probably ended up liking the most, actually. So out of the acoustic tracks, the ones that I like the most are Bite Me and Love It When You Hate Me. Going back to Mercury and Retrograde being self-written, So this would make it the third self-written song on the album. The other two are Dare to Love Me and Break of a Heartache. And I'm really pleasantly surprised at how strong her self-written tracks are on this album. Usually her self-written always end up being some of my favorites, but I think on this album, I do think they're all very strong tracks lyrically. And strangely, I think sometimes they're even stronger lyrically than the ones that she has, like other people helping her write, which is kind of weird. Dare to Love Me, I know some people kind of are eh on this song, but I do think it was necessary to include it. And I think that lyrically, it's one of the most complete songs as well because it does have like a proper bridge and stuff. And I really like the vulnerability and the rawness of the lyrics and the fact that it does give us a more emotional, kind of like deeper, you know, a moment with more substance than some of the other tracks on the album. And then Break of a Heartache, I think it's just a great closer. It's just one of those songs that really pumps you up and is so fun. And then with Mercury in Retrograde, like I said, the astrology theme is really interesting and something that she never really touched on before. And I think that some of the lyrics are kind of clever. So yeah, I was really glad to see her include some self-written songs this time. My overall thoughts on the Deluxe album, I know that some people were disappointed because it didn't have as many new songs as it probably could have. And I do get that. And I do agree with that to some extent. Like I probably would have honestly replaced Mercury and Retrograde and Pity Party with Joker and Hallelujah because those were two of my favorites from the other songs that we heard. But at the same time, I can kind of understand why none of those leaked songs were included because like I said, it might be because they leaked that she either didn't want to or couldn't include them or she thought because we had already heard them, what's the point of including them, I guess. So like I said, I am glad that we got to hear some new songs, at least, even if they're not necessarily my absolute favorites. And then the other thing, too, about Joker especially is that I remember talking about this a while ago, but 
I think somebody took that song and pitched it and then they like re-uploaded it as their own. So I don't know if the song might have gotten stolen or something. So there's also things like that that happened where it might have actually prevented her from being able to release it officially anyway. If something happened where somebody stole it and used it for their own or whatever. So yeah, we definitely could have had more songs, but I think three new songs and three acoustics is, you know, decent for a deluxe, especially because it's pretty on par with like, for example, what Matsun did with his deluxe. And it's definitely a lot more than, it's actually more than any deluxe that she's ever put out because her previous ones might've had a couple of acoustic tracks or maybe like one to two new like B-sides, bonus tracks, that kind of thing. And then, like I said before, with like Goodbye Lullaby and the Target edition of the self-titled there was just acoustic, like studio acoustic tracks. There wasn't really much new material on it. Head Above Water didn't have a deluxe at all. So this is definitely a significant improvement upon her previous deluxes. And I'm glad that we still got one. I don't think it was necessarily worth waiting nine months for. Like, I don't, I'm not sure why it took so long for it to come out. I think it would have been better maybe if it came out like a month or two after the original album. But I think it's a nice thing to kind of tide us over with while she's working on a new album. Plus, it was also kind of cool to get it after Thanksgiving. Like in the States for us, we had just celebrated Thanksgiving when this deluxe came out. So that was kind of like a nice little thing to get while we're celebrating a holiday as well. I also kind of think the cover is interesting too, because sometimes we never know how they're going to do the deluxe cover. And usually it is just something like they just changed the color of the background, which is pretty much what they did here. They kind of just reversed the colors so that it instead had a dark background and then the balloons and the font were orange instead of having the orange background and the black font. So I think that was kind of interesting that they just basically did like an inverted thing. My only little nitpicky thing about it is that the balloons look a little weird because they changed the strings to be black instead of silver. And I think when they did that, it like just looked kind of wonky. Like a lot of people said it looked like as if they had been drawn in Microsoft Paint or something, which I kind of honestly agree with. But, you know, I think that's just kind of a little nitpicky detail. But I do think it's kind of interesting that they decided to change the colors of the balloons, though, just to kind of make it like stand out more, you know? Ooh, going back to having more songs, I think the other reason that is possible, like I I really feel like the deluxe was probably meant to have honestly more songs than what we ended up getting. It's possible that, you know, songs like Joker and Eternally, Hallelujah, California were probably supposed to be on it. And then because they leaked, maybe it changed her plans. And because she only had like so many songs left over to include. So I feel like that could have also been a possibility as well but obviously we'll never know. But like I had said before, it is interesting that Modson had talked about California as if he thought it was going to be released very soon. And then obviously that ended up not happening. So it really just seems to me like we were supposed to get a different kind of deluxe than what we ended up getting. I wouldn't be surprised if that were honestly the case, but like I said, we'll obviously never know. So I also want to give my thoughts on these other two songs that we got, Too Fast to Live and Teenage Nightmare. So I know that Too Fast to Live... I know a lot of people had wished that it was on the deluxe, but I don't think it's surprising that it wasn't because it doesn't really fit the Love Sucks theme because it's more of like a love song. A lot of people said that it reminded them lyrically and thematically of songs like Here's Never Growing Up and Seventeen. And to me, it also reminded me of Kiss Me Like the World is Ending and a little bit of California, kind of like a similar theme, a similar idea, I guess. You know, it's like about being with the person that you love and kind of just going wild and crazy and, you know, we're going to live forever type of thing. So I think I can see why this one didn't make the cut because, like I said, it's a little bit similar to Kiss Me Like the World is Ending. I feel like that song, Too Fast to Live, and California are all more or less kind of the same song. Like, they basically wrote three songs that are very similar, and they just picked, you know, the one that they thought was the best to be on the album. 
So I feel like it would have been a little redundant to have this one on the album. I don't think it would have made sense for the deluxe either because she was kind of continuing with the Love Socks theme. So I don't know. I, I think this song is just, it's okay. It's definitely, you know, catchy, but I think the lyrics are just a little too immature, too juvenile for me to really love this song. And it is very similar to some of her past songs that are similar, like Kiss Me Like the World is Ending and 17. It's like, how many songs like this do we really need? So yeah, I can kind of see why this one didn't make the album. I'm honestly not really that bothered about it. And then the other song, Teenage Nightmare, this one is really interesting. And I was really intrigued to hear this one in full because it's such a different type of song. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with love or relationships. And it's kind of interesting. I wonder if it might actually be a song that she wrote. Obviously, she wrote it during the Love Sucks sessions, but I don't think she wrote it for the Love Sucks album because that just like wouldn't make any sense. It doesn't have anything to do with that theme. But, you know, I think it makes sense that like obviously during this whole year, she was focused on her 20th anniversary in music. And so it was probably making her think about that time in her life when she was just starting out. And so I think it's really interesting to get her perspective on seeing where her career has gone and writing a song about it. This one is also a very, very short song. I think it's under two minutes. But it does feel, unlike some of those other short songs, it does feel more like a complete song because it does have a bridge and, you know, it ends off with a chorus and stuff. So it feels like a complete song, a complete narrative. However, I also feel like it feels very like first draft to me where the verses are a little short and, you know, we kind of like just start to scratch the surface of the narrative where she's talking about her kind of life growing up and then becoming famous and, you know, how she kind of dealt with it and all that and like her feelings about her career and stuff. I feel like, you know, we're scratching the surface of it, but we like could have dug a little bit deeper. She could have added a little bit more and gone a little bit more in depth with that. So I I don't, I don't know if this is the final version. I mean, it probably is, but I would have loved to see a version that kind of went a little bit deeper. So like I said, even though she wrote the song during the same sessions as Love Sucks, I would have a really hard time believing that she wrote it for that album. My theory is that she wrote it for the documentary that she's working on because this documentary that she's said she's been working on for a while, I think people are saying that it's supposed to be focused on her early career and kind of like celebrating her 20th anniversary and stuff. Like I'm sure we'll see footage of her Hollywood Walk of Fame ceremony and that sort of thing. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Teenage Nightmare might be the name of the documentary and then this is the song to kind of go with it because that's such a thing that a lot of people do now when they put out documentaries. Like I think about Taylor Swift with Miss Americana and she had only the young as the soundtrack song and then selena gomez my mind and me there was a song of the same name that went with that so that's my prediction is for this documentary that the documentary might be called teenage nightmare and this is the song that goes with it so we'll have to see if i'm right the other thing i want to talk about is the i'm a mess live performance that just happened like at the time that i'm recording this it basically just happened i really loved this performance a lot i thought her vocals were so on point and her and Youngblood sounded really good together. I like that there was also a minimum of a backing track used. I think they used a little bit of a backing track just to kind of fill it out a little bit more and like kind of fill in some of those like holes and stuff a little bit, but it wasn't too, too much. It wasn't too overbearing. And I really, really liked that more stripped down kind of performance. I also loved her sparkly high heeled boots. I think the only thing that would have made the performance better is if she had actually gone for the high notes in the bridge, but at least she did pull them out more towards the end, which I really liked a lot. And I was like super impressed that she was able to hit those notes. I thought she sounded so good. She sounded so phenomenal and she looked great. She sounded great. And they gave like a fun little interview and stuff as well. So I just absolutely loved that performance. I think it might honestly be my favorite live performance of the whole era, honestly. 
And I also think it was cool that they kind of pointed out like her new haircut and stuff. So I think it was good for the general public to see that because they kind of saw her with a new look, a new song, collaborating with like a hot artist right now and then having Travis Barker there as well and doing that fun little interview and stuff. I feel like it was just like a good thing for the general public to see her in that way and kind of see her with like a more fresh, like fresh look, fresh music and that sort of thing. And I just hope it results in more streams for her because I think I'm a mess is just one of her strongest songs to date. And I would love to see it just go further and further. So as far as what's next for Avril, as far as we know, she's done with touring until April when she goes to Europe to continue with the Love Socks tour. And I kind of doubt if she's going to be playing any Christmas shows at this time either, because those are usually announced pretty far in advance. And she hasn't been announced for any of them, unless she's going to be some kind of surprise guest or something, which I kind of doubt. So I don't think she's going to be playing any of those like Jingle Ball shows or anything. So it'll be really interesting to see what she does between now and when she goes back on tour. I feel like she's going to go really full steam ahead with working on the next album as she has been and then also probably just spending time with her family for the holidays possibly planning her wedding or maybe even having the wedding who knows maybe she'll even be working more on the skater boy film or the documentary i really hope that we will see the documentary sometime next year because i feel like you know with documentaries they film for you know over the course of a few years and so they probably started filming it around the time that she was making love sucks and then obviously would have been filming throughout this whole year to capture like the tour and the 20th anniversary of let go and the star ceremony and all that stuff so i don't know if they're going to continue filming into next year or if they're planning to maybe release the documentary next year so we'll just kind of have to see where that goes but i'm really curious about that and the skateboy film I kind of wouldn't be surprised if we don't see anything out of that for maybe another year or two because you know it takes a really long time to make movies and stuff but yeah I mean it'll just be really interesting to see you know what Avril does for the next few months So in the meantime, what my plans are for the podcast is I'm definitely going to keep making more episodes into the new year and obviously taking a little break for the holidays and stuff like that in between. But I was thinking about for the last episode of the year to possibly do like a highlights episode, kind of like going through this whole year kind of like an Avril retrospect, I guess, because the year of 2022 was such a time to be an Avril fan. Like, obviously, we got a new album and the 20th anniversary of Let Go and her engagement to Mods on, like, all these exciting things that happened, the star ceremony, like, all these exciting things that happened. And so I think it would be really fun to just kind of do, like, a summary of the year and go through the highlights and stuff. So that is possibly what will be the next episode and the last one of the year. So I'm definitely going to try really hard to see if I can do that because I think that would be really fun. So with that, we conclude this edition of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so you can get new episodes directly in your feed. And don't forget to leave a rating or review as well. We're currently streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. Join me again next time on the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast. The Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by Andre DeFrancesco. Theme music is HD and Lights by J. Powell Flicks. Follow the latest podcast news on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod or email Best Damn Avril Pod at yahoo.com.